Hello, you're listening to episode 12 of 8-Minute Movies, Knives 8, a podcast talking about the 2019 movie Knives Out in 8-Minute Chunks, presented by me, Kieran, and him, Peter. This is a sequential podcast that contains spoilers for Knives Out, so you should go watch it first before listening and start this podcast with episode one. Yeah. How um, how are you doing, Peter, after all of this time? I, I, I'm I'm doing good. So where we left things, uh, we're going on a, uh, a a bit of a break because, um, or partially at least, because I, I am in the process of moving, and I'm happy to report that I am still in the process of moving. Yes, I hear the process of moving is very easy and simple, and. Uh, basically anyone can do it quite quickly in no way will you want to scream constantly into a pillow <laughs> <laughs> um, i it's it's been a lot and things have got delayed and people who you really need to speak to just go quiet on you sometimes and uh and it's just it's been a bit frustrating so let me tell you about yesterday um so uh, we were finally able to get into the place that we're moving to so that's good that, that that's a, a bold step forward in this process mm. um so i had a little adventure yesterday uh just looking around the place starting to get it ready and uh basically what happened is we we stayed too greedily and too deep in the new in the new place uh basically we we went through a, a little meal around the corner and then we were like ah, i wonder when ikea closes tonight <laughs> Ooh, uh, 10 10 p.m we could just nip there and get a couple of the things that we needed to get that we can't order because there are a couple of things we needed to get there that we couldn't order so we went to ikea and uh, one of the things that we got was a just a big rug we needed a big rug. Um, mm. And so we picked up uh, this big old giant rug and uh, we left the store uh, about 15 minutes before the whole thing was going to close at 10. And um, we needed to order uh, an Uber XL because um, a, a regular sized Uber was not going to fit this rug in it, basically. I, um, I, I think it's pronounced Uberxel. Uberxel, yes, you're quite right. Uh, I stand corrected. Um, uh, and uh, so basically what we then watched happen for the next 10 or so minutes was all of the Uber XL drivers in a 10-mile radius basically saying, nah, don't want to do that. <laughs> and uh, we were like... How are we going to get this rug where it needs to be? So we tried a taxi company, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, you'll be waiting uh, an an hour if you need a bigger car." <laughs> and uh, since it was about ten at this point, we we're like, mm, "Maybe we don't want to do that. We would like to actually get to." Uh, back to the flat where we live at the moment so we can sleep <laughs> at some point tonight. And uh, so we were like, we thought, okay, fine. We'll just, we'll go back into the Ikea and get them to deliver it another day. That's what we'll have to do because there's no way to get this home at the moment. And the second we resolved to do this, they closed the store. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> And so after just kind of standing there open mouth for a while and wondering whether we were genuinely going to have to wait around for an hour uh, for a taxi and then find some way of getting home, I had the idea that instead what I would do is basically take the rug on a tour around the... Uh, Croydon, which is the area that we're going going to be living in, and um, uh, and so I ended up taking it on a big old long tram and bus and walking journey, and then we met up back at the house and uh, uh, and 
then it turned out by the point we'd done all this rigmarole, there were no trains to go back to here anymore. <laughs> so we had to order an Uber anyway to take us home. And we got back very, very late and sleepy. Oh, can I just say there is there is no point of your misery in that story that I didn't enjoy. No, it's it's perfectly <laughs> uh, perfectly justified. Like uh, because on the whole, this is a very good thing. But I was just uh, very impressed at how how excellently uh, competent we are already are at being homeowners. We've got this whole thing down. It's it's great. All you have to do is buy a rug and then realize that you can't get the rug home and then lug it around a city for an hour. Yes, you've you've definitely taught me a valuable lesson about never buying a rug. <laughs> it's it's um it was the end of a quite long day. <laughs> we were we were tired and perhaps not thinking straight. Unfortunately. <laughs> Well, once again, listeners, we serve to demonstrate um, what the ultimate result of your hubris will be. Yeah. How dare you buy a rug? How Buying dare rug. you? Yeah. You cock. <laughs> we, thought, we just thought, like, people need to get things from IKEA to their homes. And, <laughs> and especially in the London area, lots of people don't drive or at least don't have their cars with them so surely there's some sort of system whereby you can get the thing that you just bought from where you are to where you're going oh no at and, short notice and there is there is it just doesn't work at 10 p.m <laughs> but that's when the <laughs> shop closes <laughs> Oh dear! There were several people in a similar sort of position to, to us, just kind of stranded outside of the IKEA, like thinking, uh, "What now?" Oh dear! Well, that was fun. So, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I am good. Uh, I haven't bought any rugs recently, and after all that, I shan't. Hmm. Um, I watched a film recently, Peter. I know, I know it's bold of me to mention films to you, given your complete and total unfamiliarity with them. But go on. Um, it was the film Prey. What do you know about Prey? Um, I know that it's two video games. Uh, yes, this is neither of those. Hmm. Tell me about it then. Um. Okay. So, um. If if you had to guess what popular IP it, it, it's part of, what would you guess? Oh, it's part of a popular IP, then, is it? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Predator. Yeah, well done. It's a Predator movie, um, okay. which uh, I don't know. I thought they were going to keep that on the DL, like throughout the film, but they, they just kind of rip that band-aid off about five minutes in. So I was like, oh okay. <laughs> right, fair enough. Yeah, I genuinely didn't know that by the way. I uh, I know nothing about this film. Um yeah, so so basically it's it's a a, a very prequel um a very, to, prequel. A, a very prequel to all of the Predator <laughs> movies because it's set in like the seventeen hundreds. Oh wow okay. Uh, yeah. Uh and um there uh, is a tribe of Comanche Indians, um, mm -hmm. and it focuses on, uh, and I can't remember her name, which is uh, bad, but I did watch the movie at like 2am and I was quite tired. Um, uh, a young uh, American Indian woman who is part of this tribe who wants to go on her first hunt to prove that she's, you know, an adult, I guess. I'm not entirely sure what aspect it's a it's a ritual thing right um and um long story short she ends up hunting a predator um who is on earth to do some hunting 
All right. Yeah. And um and it's it's really good. Uh I it's very 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 enjoyable. Um it tie weirdly ties up some loose ends from Predator 2. Um okay. <laughs> somehow um the effects are all very well done. It, it it's sort of got like a a lower budget vibe than some of the other Predator movies, but like um hmm. The most recent Predator films have been... Oh, what's a charitable word for awful, Peter? Um, um, so, uh, um, let's say perhaps um, quality challenged. <laughs> <laughs> have you... Uh, what Predator films have you seen? You've, you've definitely seen Predator 1, uh, uh, the one with uh, Arnie in the jungle. Yeah, like in the background in yeah. in your house, yes. mo- def- definitely a couple of times. But I've never, I would say, I've never pointed my eyes at it with the intent of watching it from start <laughs> to finish with my full attention. Right, and um, I definitely would have made you watch Predator Two as well. Um, that seems likely. That's the one with Danny Glover in the city. The yeah, con- it- the concrete jungle. It doesn't really ring a bell, um, which means I might have seen it once yes. and just not really taken it in. But um, after that, there, there have been two recent attempts to try and um, uh, re-enliven the franchise. Uh, and they they were Predators. Do you see what they did there with that name? It's the mm. al- alien aliens thing. Yes. Yeah, uh, which is basically sort of like a redoing of Predator, of like the original Predator movie, uh, but with a big twist. Um, and it's uh, it's okay. Like, it's full of really forgettable characters um, who ultimately achieve nothing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the big twist that there are lots of Predators, because... No. <laughs> No, uh, um, uh, so, okay. Spoiler warning, listeners. If you want to, if you care about a movie that came out about ten years ago, um, the plot twist is that they they're all humans who have been taken to an alien world where the predators will hunt them there. Okay, that's it. That's the big twist. Um, and I, I can't remember how it ends. It's a very, it's a very nothing movie, right? <laughs> um. Then they they again tried to sort of reboot everything with a um um with predator no oh Christ what was it called the predator in twenty eighteen mm. um um where that one a small child finds like this remote control unit that summons a predator spaceship. Because uh, he thinks it's a toy, but it's not. Mm. And um, they come to Earth to hunt the child or whatever. And there's a, a lot of weird shit in that they, they they were trying to stretch the Predator, like, you know, canon a bit. Um, basically, what happens is they turn up and they hunt somebody, then they fuck off. I mean, that's, that's, their, that's their vibe. Mm. Um, but in the Predators, they're like, no, they're, they're they, they take them to steal their DNA to inject it into themselves to make themselves even better hunters. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, uh, which, like, it feels a bit like a fever dream, but I'm fairly certain there's, like, a 19-foot-tall predator in that movie at some point. Okay. In, done in really flaky CGI. Sure, why not? There's definitely a predator dog as well because uh, um oh but the the dog is bad at the start but becomes like the human's friend by the end of the movie. When you say a predator dog, what like can you define that a bit? Like a very large dog with dreadlocks, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. And I think I think it might have the predator mouth, you know, the sort of okay. mandible jaw. But I, again, I I saw this movie in the cinema and I re- regretted that decision. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, we, we've gone on a bit of a tangent. Uh, Prey. Prey was very good. Um, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, I mean, given what you've told me about it, they could have called it Predator. <laughs> oh, God. 
might have been confusing. Yes, uh, it certainly would. But it's it's not a it's not a, a released in the cinema film, which is very interesting for a high profile IP like Predator. It's straight to streaming services. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess I, f- I feel like that sort of thing is becoming more. It is more normal. It is. Well, there's a lot of stuff like that going on. Like they're making an alien TV series that's um, going to be coming out on the streams. Yes. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff for any fan of the TV, of the of the franchise. That's the word alien franchise. <laughs> alien. Yes. I can speak. Oh, there was something that I found quite interesting about um, uh, Prey as well, is that um, they did two whole versions of it. One which is uh, where the main characters all speak in English, and one where they all speak in Comanche. Oh. Um, which, where you know, it's not like a dub. They literally re-recorded all the actors and actresses talking in Comanche, which is unusual and very interesting. It is interesting. It's a big commitment. Mm. I think it was supposed to be the go-to one, but I think the studio might have chickened out a little bit. Mm. <laughs> and uh, God, uh, God, no no one will sit here and watch a movie entirely with subtitles. Mm. I mean, you have said that before. Y- yeah, I... I... <laughs> 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 uh, oh, dear. am I being hoist by something? Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> look, it, it's not my fault that I can't read. <laughs> okay, it's it, it's true though. Like it's 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 fair and fair enough. It's nothing about uh, it being in a different language. It's just having to divide your attention between reading stuff and watching mm. the action it's it's it, it can be it it i think it's okay if you're familiar with the yes. um, the the film but if i was watching something for the first time i want to be able to focus on the what's going on yeah uh, it, I, exactly I think, I, I think i i find about subtitle stuff is that i often put things on in the background while i'm doing something else mm. because that's just the way people absorb media here in the 21st century and um if it's entirely subtitled, I'd just end up missing huge chunks of the film because I'm not reading the subtitles. It's it's why I prefer to watch you know du- dubbed things as well. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, uh, and people say, ah, oh, but the performances are so good in the other language, but they don't know. You don't know how good the performance is. It could be a really terrible performance, but it just sounds good because they're emoting in a language you don't understand. They could be putting emphasis on all of the wrong words. You wouldn't know. <laughs> like, oh, God, that reminds me of that that tweet about the guy who got the job on Indian TV, even though he's not an actor. Did he? Yes, right. <laughs> exactly. That might be what it's like. It's fine to them if they, if they don't understand English. But yeah, they, just, <laughs> they don't speak English, so they don't understand that he's inflecting all the words entirely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. There's a certain amount of the performance that you will get across, uh, even if you don't understand the language, but it is kind of easier to disguise awkward stuff as well if you if you literally don't understand what's being said apart from a subtitle underneath it yeah it's a, th- it's a thing i've heard about arnold schwarzenegger and i i don't know if it's true but like uh, they um apparently in germany dub him with another actor because he's got a pronounced austrian accent and it ki- he kind of sounds like a farmer to them <laughs> <laughs> so, so like they 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 genuinely dub him over with somebody else. Who, <laughs> oh, that's very funny. Even even though he's a German accent, it's just it just doesn't sound right to them. Mm. Oh God. Um. Oh, and anything else exciting happened at you? Oh, um, I mean, I've been I've been playing some video games and things, but I think we've gone on enough uh, for now. We'll maybe save those for another Gasp. lovely time. All right, all right. Um, okay, so um, we are recording a podcast. He said nervously. 
Um, Have you forgotten how to do this? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I introduce game with bells. Okay, so we've got some bells that we ring occasionally for reasons that are increasingly obscure. Yes. Um, pretend I have my one. Mm. I can I can see it. It's just oh. quite far away. We've swapped back. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, you be- know the rules of the bell game by now. You know <laughs> how bad we have been at remembering that we have bells and to ring them at the appropriate juncture. Uh, just bear in mind that at some point a bell might ring try not to be alarmed at some point at bellmightring.com um peter let's let's not talk about the thing what what wouldn't you like to hear about today uh i would absolutely uh hate to hear a, a description of the town that this the scene in this segment was shot in i know that's not going to be the thing that you're going to talk about oh yeah it's it's it's, it's, um also ding because you said thing um Uh, okay fair enough uh, (laughs) can you can you ring your own bell for me oh yeah okay fine there we go um and also (laughs) also yeah no it's definitely not that today we're not talking about the movie sleuth sleuth so we are talking about that. Yes. And we're not talking about knives out. Yes. Yes. No, we aren't we aren't talking about knives out even though we will be talking about knives out. Okay, so we're not not talking about the film Sleuth. Yes, we're not not talking about it. Okay, this was perfectly clear. And <laughs> I I feel like I feel like you might have notes um <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sleuth is a 1972 British-American mystery comedy thriller film directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz and starring Laurence Olivier and Michael Caine. The screenplay is by playwright Anthony Schaefer, and it was based on his 1970s Tony Award-winning play. Hmm, have I seen it? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't know if a lot of people have seen it, but it, it is a very entertaining film. Um and I should continue reading. Yeah. Um, Andrew Wick, uh, Laurence Olivier, a wealthy author of detective novels and game aficionado, facing off against his wife's lover, Milo Tyndall, played by Michael Caine, a middle-class hair salon owner. When Wick, who is seemingly content to split from his wife, strikes an unusual deal with Tyndall, it sets into motion a fierce game of one-upmanship between the two, with the stakes growing increasingly higher. Both Olivier and Kane were nominated for Academy Awards for their performances, and critics gave the film overwhelmingly positive reviews. Hmm. I um I only saw it myself like fairly recently, like in the last couple of years or so. Um, but it's it's really entertaining, and it you, you it's one of those movies where you can barely look away from what's going on. Um, and they they listed like two members of cast because pretty much yeah it is like two there are two or three actors uh in the whole movie um so why does nobody not talk about it anymore oh sorry so why does nobody talk uh, talk about it anymore that's that's the one oh smooth you almost you almost uh, you almost pulled that one off <laughs> uh i don't really know i mean uh, i think maybe it's just cuz it's getting on a bit it's from 1972 mm. uh it's it is very entertaining though um it's definitely one to watch, and um, it. The reason we're talking about it is it's one of the movies um, that Ryan Johnson mentions as being inspiration for Knives Out, because mm-hmm. um, there is or isn't a murder um, as part of the plot of the film. <laughs> well, I feel it's, like this is a film that we'll have to watch sometime. It's genuinely hard to tell. Yeah, no, it. it it, it is very entertaining, um, uh, and I, the the description from the synopsis, the a game of one-upmanship between the two. Yeah, that's that's really accurate. Basically, um, the two of them are increasingly trying to outdo each other, hmm. um, and it's very entertaining to watch. I don't want to say too much because um, I, it may spoil some of it, but it, it yeah. Uh, it's definitely a film in two acts. <laughs> right. 
Well, we'll definitely watch that sometime. Mm, yes, it's very good. You should watch it too, listeners. If you do watch it, why don't you tell us what you think about it? Yeah, you could email us or fax us or mm. um, telegram us or... Uh, Scream your thoughts into a fireplace. Uh, you could you could mimeograph us. Yeah, you could uh, maybe train a carrier pigeon to deliver a message about what you thought of this film. Can you train a carrier pigeon to just arbitrarily deliver messages? Uh, I think so, yeah. Hmm. Uh, perhaps even coo in Morse code <laughs> your thoughts <laughs> about Sleuth. <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, this episode's a weird one. Um, <laughs> answer. We've, and we've both had a, a funny couple of months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Some time has passed in a weird way. Um, answer any questions from previous episode. You didn't have any, so there you go. No questions to answer from previous episode. Ah. Uh. Review Peter's answers from previous episode. Okay. If if you were seeing this for the first time, who do you think is the murderer and how done it? And uh you're you you still think it was Marta with the poison, but you think there's something there's something more to it, something unusual has gone on. Mm. And you said, uh what happens next? Marta is going to look in an envelope, see a partial toxicology report which says an I know what you did. Uh, Marta will panic and get in touch with Ransom so they can go to the blood toxicology lab. And then there's a car chase. I you... think I did pretty well here. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, I was I was most impressed. Um, yeah, well, you know, like... Like six out of ten impressed, I guess. Wow. <laughs> that, that's the most impressed you can be, though. Uh, uh, with you, yes, certainly. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I saw a small dog the other day, and that was a seven and a half. Mm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> with that, then, I guess it's time for us to start watching, and we're going to be watching uh, one hour and 28 minutes to one hour and 36 minutes of Knives Out. <laughs> Marta says that with her resources, she'll be able to fix things. And Walt says that she better be sure that's what she wants. <laughs> um, and here I feel like Walt seems to go right back to being ineffectual again. It's like it's like this argument didn't even occur to him because like, in his head, he still has all of the power mm. and is, it just assumes that they as a family have all the power, but of course they don't. And as soon as uh, Marta points that out, that you know your, your your shit is mine now, actually. So yes. you can't help me with it. Um, he's like, oh, I didn't think of that, and doesn't know what to say. Yeah, he's still trying to be threatening in that way we discussed before where he may not be aware that he's being threatening right but um it, yeah he doesn't really have a leg to stand on <laughs> it's funny cuz he's cuz he's got an injured leg yeah it kind of it takes the wind right out of his sails did you did you get my my leg joke because i did i got your leg joke i didn't okay. feel the need to acknowledge it any more than you already self acknowledged it okay i'm sorry i just thought it was quite good <sighs> yes leg to stand on cuz cuz of the leg well done we we're, we're all very proud of you here thank you thank you thank all mm. of you thank you marta goes back inside and opens the unmarked envelope Inside is a photocopy of half of a blood toxicology report and the tag from her medical bag with a message saying, I know what you did. Pretty dramatic. Um, note the uh, torn off strip along the bottom of the paper here. I'm sure that won't come back or anything. Uh, the torn off strip. Sorry, what do you mean? 
the the blood tox report has been torn in half, so all you can see is the bit that says Harlan's name and address. Right, right, like yes, the, yes. The, the bit the bit with the blood toxicology report on it is missing. Yes, I'm I, I'm with you now. Sorry, I thought you were referring to something different. Um, Ryan Johnson notes that um, that that this took dozens of goes uh, on on a photocopier with the props department trying to get exactly the right amount of bad photocopy. (laughs) 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 Again, another of those cute things where you're like, oh, oh yeah, like you know, (laughs) because the person who sent it, you know, uh, we we allowed to talk about spoilers right it's fran fran sent it yeah um but she was not the best at photocopying and um they had to simulate that by deliberately fucking up a photocopy a bunch of times i think if you're like practically minded good at kind of making things with your hands and stuff like that uh props is probably quite a fun thing yeah i um i always would like to have had done that Mm. I don't think I'll be very good at it, but I, I can see the appeal. Mm. Marta shakes her head as her phone rings. It's Blanc. She hangs up on him. On the on the screen here, it says uh, it says maybe be Blanc, um, which seems weird to me. Um, but mm. apparently this is a feature of iPhones that it will kind of infer who somebody is through contacts of contacts. Oh, okay. So it'll say this, it may be this person. Um, right, yeah, I was wondering about that, actually. Which is really weird because she's using an Android phone. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So that's just even more confusing to me. Well, but like, like nowadays phones will tell you if it's a, a business that they're aware of or like yes. stuff like that. But I, I've never found like just a, a name of a private individual who I don't have saved on my phone come up. I don't think I am. Um, I got a telephone call uh, earlier today and um, it was like an 0208 number. So it was a London number. So I answered yeah. it and um, I said, I said there was like a long pause and I said, hello. And then, like, a small, frightened woman's voice said, hello? And I was like, um, hello? And then this repeated a couple of times, and then I hung up. So, um, that was a weird experience. (laughs) Very odd. (laughs) So, almost almost like what you'd get if you um, wrote a script to randomly dial two people and then connect them together. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I, I mean, I, I assumed it was going to be one of those, oh, we're calling about the accident you had that wasn't your fault, and then I just hang up and blacklist the number, but it was just real weird. Maybe this is the start of a much longer con. Yeah, I'm like, is this, is this an ARG? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to outside Ransom's house. Did you, uh, yeah, did you like his house, his little glass box? Uh, I, uh, I I always wonder whether uh, I, I suppose like it's got air conditioning or the, or, or whatever that seems mm. likely, but it always feels like a place like that is just gonna be a greenhouse. It's gonna get really warm in there. I suppose it depends on uh, the environment of the area surrounding it. Mm. But um, I, I quite like like big old rectangular houses for some mm. reason big glass windows mm. um his house is a modernist home built in the 1950s in brownswood lincoln mm. uh it was built as part of a project from 1953 to establish a community with houses that were open to the natural settings in a practical and efficient way hmm that's quite nice it's, it's a nice looking house ah that's why so to peek behind the curtain uh, for a second, you always send me a copy of your notes, but it's not. I, don't, I think it's not a complete copy because you have additional notes for yes. yourself sometimes, and that's why in my version of these notes, it just says randomly here the line settings in a practical and efficient way. Ah, yes, I copy pasted <laughs> it wrong. Yes. Okay, I, I was, I was like, 
why does it say that? <laughs> That's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> Settings in a practical and efficient way. What do you mean by this? <laughs> uh, well, well, it's it's because usually I rely on word wrap, but on this one occasion, I hit enter instead by mistake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Peter. <laughs> Marta has shown the note to Ransom, and he says that the report will show the overdose. Peter, Peter, we're playing a game. Mm-hmm. Real location or set? Real location or set? Real this is the, uh, Are they the, in a real location or in a set? This is the house. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, I, I'm going to say real location. Yes, well done. It is real location. It is just the actual interior of the house. Yeah, I, would, I was going to say that would be something that would be difficult to build as a set, and if they went to the trouble of finding that 1950s home, then uh, just to have an exterior shot of it, and then rebuild the interior of it elsewhere, that would seem really weird to me. Uh, there's a, a lot of stuff in this scene that's really interesting if you have a sharp eye. Um, uh, I don't mean like the little dog. Um, I mean, mm. like, you know, just a, a good perception, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't. So what? what is it? <laughs> okay, so uh, there are two things which definitely come up later, like visible here now, which I don't know if you'd notice them or infer the, like, you know, what had happened. But if you look behind Ransom, like by the window, there's a, there's a, a row of, like, big brown glass jars, like jugs. Um, mm-hmm. And one of them is missing uh, in the middle, and it's the one that he uses as a Molotov cocktail to burn the um, burn the blood lab down. Nice. And there's a shot where he's holding up uh, the blood toxicology report, and in the background behind it are a big pile of New Yorkers. Um, and of course, we all know about the infamous uh, Benoit Blanc New Yorker article. Ah, uh, yes. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here that incriminates Ransom. <laughs> mm. If only you had the foresight to know about it, I guess. Well, uh, I mean, I think later on in this segment, we might start tipping the balance towards suspicion towards Ransom. Mm. And uh, Ryan Johnson notes that this scene was uh, the hardest scene to write for the movie uh, because it's all linking and exposition and it's quite difficult to get that across in like a believable way, which isn't just sort of like an info dump. Right. <laughs> they did quite well. I think, um, yeah, I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't stand out as being awkward or anything. It's brief enough that I just kind of forgot this as a location in, in the film until I saw it just now. Marta asks how uh, Ransom knows all this stuff, and he says he was Harlan's research assistant for a summer. Plausible enough, I suppose. Mm. He asks what kind of blackmail this is. There's no demand, no meeting place, and the actual evidence is at the crime lab up the road, so why send it at all? Hmm. We, uh... Good questions. Immediately cut to the crime lab, which has burned down and is being sprayed down by the fire brigade. How fortunate. How convenient. Uh, and uh, all of the firemen have names on the back of their uniforms. That's like, true. Like football players. Is that a thing? I Yes. I can see why they would have it, so that yeah. you, know, you, you can, you can see them in the dark. Yeah. Identify the person from the back. It does make sense, yeah. Um, I, imagine if there was, you know, smoke because there was a fire. Yeah. They are qualified to deal with that kind of situation um, um they we, we see some of the names there is a the, the, there's a zompetti there is a leonard and an ayot and some something that looks like Saza. <laughs> <laughs> um are, are those names of any significance um, now, uh, um, I was going to let you uh, put your foot in your mouth by being slightly mean about these firemen, because, um, yes, these are real firemen from the local area 
who are yeah. acting as extras in the film. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. So presumably those are the, those are their actual names. Those are the actual uh, firemen. Okay, fine. It might might not be, but they are um uh they are for realsies fire people. All right. Uh, this whole scene was filmed at a disused DMV in Marlborough. Um, they built the burned off bit off to one side and just put like the medical examiner's insignia on the rest of the building. Mm. Blanc arrives to find Elliot there. Nobody's been hurt, but the place was burned to the ground at 5am and they aren't going to be able to get Harlan's blood work now. Ah, oh, heck. If, if only we, we hadn't seen that coming. Yeah, weird. Um... Does he say what's the cheese? He he does. When Blank turns up, he says what's the cheese. Is that, is that a phrase? Um, uh, do you know what? I don't know. I, I I hold on. I'm gonna Google what's the cheese. What's the cheese? Uh, cheese is a food made from the pressed curds of milk, firm or elastic or soft or semi-liquid in texture. That's, well, that not in, that's, that that's not entirely what I mean, Google. <laughs> uh, no, apparently it's um, it, it, it is a slang exclamation. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the um, the fourth article down is about Daniel Craig saying it in Knives Out, right? So um, I guess it's not used that commonly. No. What's the cheese? So this is another case of. Uh, Benoit Blanc using a fairly obscure expression. Benoit Blanc being slightly deranged. Yeah. Um, Ransom and Marta arrive in her car and are shocked that the place has been burned down. Oh, yes. One of them certainly is. <laughs> one of them's a real shock. Yeah. I don't. Know, I. I should have. We should have looked at Ransom here to see how shocked he looks when he turns up and uh, the place is burned to the ground. What? What is the play here? Actually, turning up though, because oh. that that that's what I don't quite follow here. Why does Ransom want them to actually go here where they might be seen? I um. That's a good question, and I don't really know. I mean, the only reason for it I can see is them going to be like, oh, maybe we could get a copy of the blood toxicology report by turning up there mm. and asking nicely. Uh, because Ransom, of course, knows at this point that it's burned down, so I guess he wants to show it to Marta. Um, yeah. But we don't know We don't know what justification he gave her. I mean, on the face of it, like you say, it does seem a bit weird to be like, yeah, no, I'll just turn up and... Uh... I mean, I, I feel like if I were Ransom, I'd just say, uh, no, there's no way that we're going to be able to get in to get a copy of the toxicology report and, buy, uh, uh, and even then it would look really suspicious if we did. Um, mm. So we should just uh, you know, we forget about that. Let her think that she screwed for a while, and then find out later that it's been mysteriously burned down. Yeah, but he doesn't know what um what Marta will do if she thinks that the jig is up. Mm. Maybe he just wanted to verify for himself that the burning down had worked. <laughs> yeah, I I th I think he wanted to show her that it had burned down. But um, yeah, if you. I don't think this holds up if you think about it. There, there doesn't seem to be like a legit reason why he would be like, "Well, let let's pop down to the to the blood lab, which was is going to be swarming with uh, firemen and like police and stuff." Well, he wouldn't know. He he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know the firemen and police were there. Um, he could probably his... have a good guess. No, I mean in. Uh, Look, if he's trying to pretend to Marta that um, they can go, look, the it just doesn't hold up. There's no reason. There's no reason for the, him to be like, well, let's drive down to the blood lab. Yeah. Um, the only justification I can think of is him going, well, let's go down to the blood lab and see if we can get a copy. Even though yeah. he knows that the blood lab is burned down, he's trying to show that to Marta because Marta at this right. point is like, 
you know the game is up um they they know about the morphine right uh but it looks at this point like oh no you know maybe her goose isn't as cooked as she previously thought yeah but at the time at the, now you've got to think it's just too much of a coincidence that this has happened Mm. Uh, so you've got to think that well this has to have something to do with the crime and we know that uh, uh, we know that Marta didn't do it, we know that there's this mysterious blackmailer Mm. Um, so at this point I would say you're definitely into the the plot thickens phase of this. Yeah, something is afoot, as, as Benoit Blanc says three times. I believe the game. Ransom asks if there's any other way she might have been contacted about the blackmail, and she checks her email to see 1209 Columbus Road at 10am. Uh, the email she receives is from a Proton Mail account, which is a real anonymous mailing service. Okay. You can't um, figure out who sent you an email through it. So, oh. so Ransom is weirdly up on his infosec stuff. Mm. They look up to see the time. It's 9.30 and Blanc is looking at them in the car. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty obvious. They're not doing a very good job of hiding themselves. Yeah. They're, they're only like 20 odd feet away. I mean, he can, he can see them quite clearly. And I, uh, yeah. that's what the look on his face is expressing. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this already, but, uh, all the times in the film are correct. So uh, they constructed a timeline, and any time you see a clock or someone looking at their watch or their phone, uh, the time is right for the time that it should be in the film. Mm. That's really nice. That's uh, someone went to a lot of effort over that. Good. Um, Ryan Johnson said it wasn't him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Blank walks towards her, and she screeches the car around, heading back up the road. <laughs> Just making it more and more suspicious. By the second, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I guess at that point you're like, "Fuck, I'm screwed," because there's, I have no good reason to be here anyway. Plus, plus, also, I've got to meet my blackmailer in thirty minutes. Right? Yeah, there's that. The police chase her. Elliot, Blank, and Wagner in one car, and two cop cars, sirens blaring. Hmm. I, I, uh, um, I do like that, Blank. Calls Elliot to the chase by going, Elliot! <laughs> Elliot! Yeah, this is a very good... <laughs> very good show. Uh, well, once again, Elliot has become completely subservient to him. Um, <laughs> yeah. What did he say he was? A completely impartial observer? Yeah. That, like, has, that has not panned out. It really hasn't. And I feel like that's a core part of his... <laughs> Uh, personality, and I hope we see more of that in in the follow up that we're get, we're getting of him just kind of trying to be this kind of background detective working things out in the <laughs> in the shadows, but just can't help but stick his beacon everywhere. <laughs> That's uh, the glass onion coming fall twenty twenty two. Um. Yeah, Ryan Johnson uh, had recently seen Baby Driver and knew that they absolutely couldn't, you know, um, beat the driving scenes in that, like a film made by his friend Edgar Wright a few years previously. So he decided he wanted to outdo them in terms of silliness. Right. Fair. Marta's car can't go faster than their cars. So Blank pulls up alongside and waves his phone at her. <laughs> <laughs> I like, still, uh, that's put join the car chase. It's like, why, why aren't you picking up your phone? Just yeah, yeah. your phone. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's even funnier because she has the missed call earlier when she's looking at the letter and it hangs up that. So it's like, I've been trying to call you and now we're in a car chase. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan 
Ransom says that she has to get the blood tox report. It's her only chance. And she slams on the brakes, all the cop cars screaming past her. <laughs> oh, that bit is brilliant. Where she put she puts the brakes on like real hard and all the everyone in all the other cars goes, whoa! <laughs> like they go screaming past. Obviously not expecting her to completely stop in the middle of a freeway. Yeah, I mean it's a good um tactic in like space sim games if you <laughs> it's someone on your tail and you want to slam on the brakes and then they overshoot you and then you open fire which isn't what happens here but um <laughs> it could have been that's all yeah. i'm saying <laughs> you've got to got to change your change your, your shields to be all at the front yeah <laughs> she pulls off and they desperately do u-turns on the road to try to follow her <laughs> Marta drives into town then down an alleyway which the cop cars can't follow her down shaking off two of them uh, hmm. the car chase scene here goes through downtown Natick in Middlesex County part of the greater Boston area on Main Street and Central Street uh, they're actually just going up and down the same street uh, and the chase starts and begins basically 100 metres apart <laughs> <laughs> Marta pulls up and takes a moment to calm down, saying she'll go and agree to anything to get the tox report, and thanks Ransom, because she couldn't do this without him. And then Blank knocks on the window of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty funny bit, because they, <laughs> they, they do sell the idea that she, uh, you do think for a moment, maybe she genuinely did lose them in that like maze of back roads. Uh, it, it sold pretty well. But no, they. She didn't even slightly lose them. She she uh, she lost the two um the two cop pursuit cars, but not the police detectives. Right, <laughs> which is fair. <laughs> uh, they get out of the car, and Elliot says that that was the dumbest car chase of all time. <laughs> Blank reveals he spoke to Great Nana, and she said she saw someone climbing the trellis on the night of the party. Elliot takes Ransom into custody as Blank tells Marta that Nana saw Ransom come back. I feel like the uh, when I've watched this before, I haven't quite taken in this detail mm. that uh, that Blank explains here. And I think if I... We'll get into it a bit later when you ask me who I think done it and all. But I think if I'd paid more attention to this detail, I might have been more suspicious of Ransom as the ultimate culprit at this mm. point because it's, it's pointing a pretty big arrow towards him at this point and I, I think I just I think, I don't know why but I never really absorbed this detail the, <laughs> the last time I've watched this film Um, Yeah and, and of course we know that the the biggest clue is from from what Great Nana said at the start of the movie. Um, Ransom, are you back again already? Um, right, because uh, he comes back twice, or that's what she thinks. Anyway, mm. uh, Noah Segan here, who's playing Trooper Wagner, said that he had a real problem guiding Chris Evans into the car. Um, because his arm muscle was bigger around than his whole hand. <laughs> he said it was like a raccoon grabbing an oak tree. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, Blank asks if Ransom asked her to drive when she saw them, and she says yes, which is a lie. Mm. And she gets into the car and quickly throws up into a big gulp cup. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, he's an asshole. She she can drop him in it. Honestly, <laughs> uh, in the cinema, I thought Blank was going to take a sip from this cup at some point. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I was horrified. I was setting myself up for it for him to just be like, "What oh. the hell is?" Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> They definitely talked about doing that. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, Blank is going to take a big sippy of that at some point, and it's going to be the worst thing. Now that you've said it, I'm pretty sure that I expected that to happen as well. <laughs> Blank gets in and asks her to drive to the police station, and he'll catch her up. As they drive, Blank rambles about the case. 
and it's like it's like he's rehearsing really um yeah it's very um very theatrical but in in a way as well i kind of get it um it it's almost like he wants to have the audience of one there for it as well cuz i find that when i'm trying to figure something out sometimes if i'm just getting a bit stuck i'll get unstuck if i talk it through out loud and there's just anyone there they don't even have to say anything back but if i if i talk it through with someone i'll i might kind of stumble into the right way of putting something or or figure out oh that's what i need to focus on next mm. so i kind of get the talk the whole thing through find a way of putting what it is you're thinking into words method of working stuff out it's uh yeah it's it it is commonly used in programming where it's called rubber duck debugging uh mm. where you basically um talk everything through with another person but the process of talking it through makes you order your thoughts in such a way that you go ah this is the assumption that i've uh, gotten wrong i i myself have done it before i've sat down with somebody else started talking and gone Oh no, I've got it. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm I'm totally familiar with the thing you mean. Not with not with programming, but with like other things where there's a problem that you're trying to work out. Yeah, it's, mm. it, it totally happens all the time, and that's what he's doing. But in a very kind of theatrical way, where he's kind of he spins out these very odd metaphors, like unkinking the slinky. Yes. Um, and, and, and of course, stuff. of course, the famous the famous line about this case is a donut. Yes, with a which hole he, at the middle. Yeah, which he does bring back later, which is why I say like it, it, it's like he's rehearsing for that moment, but he just doesn't quite know the ending yet. Yes. Mm. Um, Marta notices that it's now nine fifty six and asks if she can run a quick errand. Uh, they pull up outside of dry cleaners, and Marta runs out of the car. And uh, that's where we leave it. I think Blanc is asking her some sort of question, and he, he, she just ignores him and runs. <laughs> yeah, she says uh, he says to mind the door or something like that. And yeah, she just slams it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Um, and that brings us to the end of that episode. Ooh. I think we're just about to find out who the blackmailer is, but I think we already mentioned it in this episode. So that's you know <laughs> all yeah. of all of the joy sucked out of life by our podcast. That's that's what we do. That's what Again, we do. People aren't playing this. They they aren't watching eight minutes and then listening to the podcast and then watching another eight. <laughs> if you are doing that again, we've said it many times, but stop stop it. If you are doing that, what's wrong with you? How do we stop you? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Peter, then, um, if you are seeing this for the first time, who do you think's the murderer and how done they do it? Uh. How done they do it? How done they do it? Okay. All right, we'll we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's difficult because the first time I saw this, I definitely did not think it was definitely ransom at this point. I hmm. definitely thought there was more going on that I didn't understand, but I didn't really have any theories about what that was at this point. Right. Um, but watching it back and watching it in so much detail, when some of these little details are brought to my attention, uh, like the detail about uh, Great Nana seeing him climb up the trellis, I I have to start thinking that he's got a plot, a bigger plan here, and that if he was um, skulking around on that night, then it could easily also be true that he had something somehow something to do with the murder. So, so you're saying, you're saying you think it might be ransom. I'm saying, I think it might be ransom, but I don't know how at the moment. And, um, and what happens next? So I believe what is going to happen is that Marta is going to go into a kind of, back room and 
in there is going to discover a uh, uh, a Fran. Um, Fran. Yes. Uh, apparently poisoned and is going to grab hold of her and say something like uh, you did this <laughs> um, and uh, then kind of co- collapse uh, and I think all this while Benoit Blanc is going to be in the car um, with with his iPod or whatever, singing show tunes to himself. <laughs> um, He's such a dork. And I don't really remember exactly what happens after that. Oh. But I think it all leads to them going back to the house for the denouement. Do not do not ever say denouement like that again. I will. I'll say it as <laughs> Frenchly as I like. Um so yeah, I think that's where we're going. I just don't exactly remember after that scene how we get from there to back to the house where everything, all of the little threads of the plot are going to come together. All right, and we don't have very much of it left. So, uh, so what are you what are you thinking of the film so far? Well, it's it's all coming to a head, isn't it? It's uh, it's very much. It, it, this is probably the most action packed segment of the film, but yeah. uh, it's the climax before we get to the kind of real kind of. Uh, climax of the film that doesn't even make sense the climax yes, it's, it's the, the real... it's the pre-climax um it, it's the it's the it, it's an exciting bit before a more cerebral form of climax that we're about to get in the form of uh <laughs> benoit blanc explaining everything that has been happening and i think that um he gets there just in the the nick of time <coughs> before uh before Marta is about to confess everything thinking that she uh doesn't really have any choice anymore um he's going to just get in there and save matters because he figures out what the the whole thing's going on i don't he's, know whether he's cracked the case yeah so i'm 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 really looking forward to seeing everything that's been set up in these last segments pay off i'm sorry i'm sure I'm I'm sure what you said was very interesting, but I got I got hung up on a, a more cerebral form of climax um, being being an extremely incel phrase. Um. Yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> sapiosexual actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the way you only have sex with monkeys, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus, fucking Christ, um, <laughs> listeners. If you have any questions or comments, if you're an incel, no, don't know. No. <laughs> well, what the fuck's wrong with thing. you? Yeah, just stop it. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you can email us on podcast at 8minutemovies.co.uk. You know, you can do that anytime, night or day, and someone will reply to you within 20 minutes. I don't think that's true. That's not true. No, that's not true <laughs> at all. Um, if you uh, like the show... Uh, you should tell a friend. Uh, hopefully, one that isn't already listening to the show, because that's that, that gains us no net mm. movement. Um, or tell a stranger. Yeah, tell, tell yeah. a stranger. Yeah, sit next to someone you've never met mm. before on the bus, uh, especially if they're listening to something on headphones, because mm-hmm. you know that they might be listening to a podcast. Interrupt them and tell them about a podcast, and yeah. hope that you aren't, um, you know, arrested. Yeah, that'll go well. It's yeah, we it's our podcast guarantee. <laughs> Harass a stranger day. Oh, uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, just leave a comment wherever you listen to it if that's if that's possible. I know you can do it on Apple Podcasts, probably. When we say leave a comment w- wherever you listen to it, we don't mean say if you're in a toilet stall or something, just <laughs> right on the wall. <laughs> 
about the podcast, although maybe that will work. I was going to say that's uh, that that's it, that's viral marketing, right? Hot podcast action. <laughs> Go to for, this website for, for a good time. Visit this URL. Yeah. Oh Christ. Um. Well. Thankfully, it's time to end all this once and for all. <laughs> we approximately remembered how to do this. If someone wants to speak to you for some reason after hearing this... Oh god, oh god, I forgot to do the outro. Um, yeah, you can... Twitter me on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot, I forgot what the individual noun for a for a Twitter subunit was. It's and how would people Twitter you on Twitter? <laughs> I'm Karen J. Walsh on Twitter. On Twitter. Okay. Where I can be doubly Twittered for your pleasure. And I am Kestrel Pie. That's Kestrel like the bird and pie like the irrational number. Um okay, and with that it just leaves me press stop in audacity. Um Goodbye, listeners. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.